0: Hey, welcome to episode four of The Weekly Call, the unscripted, unedited weekly conversation between Austin, John, and Amher. Except this week, we actually have our first guest on the podcast. We're super excited to finally release this. We sat down with this guy a while ago. Uh, We brought on Brett Mazenev, who's a good friend and colleague of mine. And as I'm sure you can imagine, this would go when we bring on our first guest here on the weekly call. Uh, I proceeded to ask him a bunch of questions about the right mindset, what his mindset is towards operating and growing his business. Emmer then chimes in with some legal, structural, organizational slash emergency emergency plan questions as he totally would. And uh, John then kind of follows through with some philosophical questions and we also kind of discuss... Uh, What our favorite podcasts, books are. Um, We get into a bunch of different topics. Um, And just a short disclaimer, um, at the very beginning of the podcast, I totally forgot to introduce John and Amar. That's a total rookie mistake on me. Uh, We're all fairly new at this, so uh, yeah, that's my first big L. So... Um, just so, so just so you guys know, John and Amher are totally there. You're just not going to hear them for the first couple minutes. Brett and I are just having a jolly old time. Uh, and they're going to chime in a bit later in the episode. And, uh, just for reference, we recorded this episode on October 6th. Um, and if there's one thing I think I say, you know, I can say I took away from this interview with Brett is his intelligence towards identifying new opportunities, Uh, While having a really good sense of risk tolerance at the same time, Um, because we kind of walk through how he came to be where he is today. And a common theme in that is him not turning down any opportunities because it may have been unusual for somebody his age. And I think that a lot of our young listeners of this podcast are going to get a lot out of what Brett has to say here um as always you can interact with us on instagram at the weekly call pod where you can find out more about us the hosts upcoming content and guest interviews like this one uh we really hope you enjoyed this episode of the weekly call and thanks for listening We here at the Weekly Call have the privilege of sitting down with Brett Mazenev today. In short, Brett is what you get when you combine an athlete's work ethic with an entrepreneurial mindset. A lifelong football player, former quarterback for the Vanier Cheetahs in Montreal, and now co-founder of Player Recognition, a startup that strives to facilitate the cross-country communication between athletes and scouts. Athletes and coaches can connect on the social media-like platform to share highlight tapes, verify gym stats, and more. I've also had the privilege of having to work, uh, have him work for me in my business the last two years to the point where he is now also in the process of starting his own painting company. He is 19 years old and has a personality trait that I think separates him from the few that are able to do what he's doing at his age, humbleness. You'll also see from his interview that he's quite modest, polite, and humble, unlike his Instagram flexing competitors. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join join us late on this Sunday evening, Brett, and uh, welcome to the weekly call.
1: Yeah, man, for sure, man. Super excited to be here. I'm a big fan of podcasts, so uh, this is the first one that I've uh, had the chance to be invited on. So I'm super excited to be here.
0: I hope I didn't throw you off by pumping your tires too much, but uh, I needed to give you a little interview, a little intro. So I uh, uh, hope I covered everything well. Also, yeah, no, <laughs> I appreciate
1: It's kind words. I appreciate. That.
0: <laughs> Am I allowed to use the word social media when talking about player recognition, or is that something you try to stay away from?
1: You know what? When I when I explain it to people uh, it's definitely one of the words that comes up just because of the world we live in. So I try to explain it as uh, a Facebook for athletes and coaches. That's just the, you know, the 10 second pitch that I give to people that I'm talking to that don't really have the time for me to explain exactly what we do. Um, But it's definitely, you know, it is, it is a platform where you have a profile obviously and you have the chance to connect with uh, not only coaches and athletes. So you can definitely throw it in there, but um, yeah, it's weird. It's not really a social media because we don't have messaging up right now in the version that we are currently running, but uh, it's definitely the visual uh, aspect that I try and give to people when I explain it.
0: Right. That makes sense. And like, if you wouldn't mind just before we dive into a few things I want to talk to you about, like just kind of give the Coles notes on what player recognition strives to achieve with, uh, you know, kind of trying to bridge the gap between uh, you know, you have thousands and i'm not quite sure of the stats here but you have like probably close to hundreds of thousands of varsity athletes in college uh, or in high school in north america yeah and millions probably i <laughs> i'm just throwing out numbers here but a lot <laughs> and you have all these Absolutely, universities yeah. that are scouting them and but there's you know if you have a scout in uh in texas trying to scout a kid and, and, in Montreal or in Quebec city or in both Quebec, you know, like you're not going to find these kids. Right. And they might be exactly what you need. And I think this is what you're trying to do, right. Is bridge the communication here.
1: That's just it. Yeah. So how it started out was, uh, me and my two co-founders, Joey and Dawson, we met at Vandy college and, uh, you know, Vandy college is arguably, um, you know, one of the best non-university schools to play football at. And, uh, you know, we noticed a lot of our teammates had you know, just exceptional talent. And, uh, you know, we're one of the schools in Canada that would send a number of guys to the NCAA every single year. Um, so, you know, we noticed that there were a lot of guys in the team that we felt should, you know, have at least five to 10 offers, but we were only really sending uh, one to three guys per year with maybe one or two offers. And uh, we... Kind of started to look into, you know, how these coaches found Vanier and um, how these players found all these universities, and we found that there wasn't really a great sort of outlet for Canadian athletes um, to get in touch and to sh- you know share their highlight tape and share their numbers and just kind of um, you know network with coaches in the states. So that's so that's ultimately our goal right now. Um, in March, we passed the NCAA legislation, so we are a verified recruiting uh, site Man, in the a, NCAA. So that was exciting. a big thing. yeah yeah, it was cool we passed the application so we
0: like how does it feel to to just create something literally out of thin air and then have it be verified by the ncaa like that must have been such a huge moral victory for you guys
1: yeah obviously you know every canadian athlete uh you know and this isn't a diss to canadian sports but the dream is to you know hopefully reach the ncaa and hopefully reach american sports it's just on a bigger stage down there so To be able to, um, you know, be accepted by the NCAA and then ultimately, you know, after we uh, went through the application process to be able to contact NCAA schools and have them onto our platform was just, you know, a really, really big step for, uh, you know, what we want to do and what we want to provide for athletes.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I I still can't get over that. And like, you're, you're just so well-spoken, so humble and you're 19, right? Like, I'm not getting this, like, you're not, you're still 19? Yeah, 19. Okay, yeah. So to me, it's just so impressive. Like I, I, I was, uh, I mean, I'd like to think that I was a pretty well put together 19 year old, but to have some guy that I'm talking to have created this system and and just completely thriving. And I'm sure from your position as one of the co-founders, it's difficult, you know, because you're aware of everything that's going on good and bad. So, you know, sometimes with a startup, I can imagine there's tons of challenges, daily challenges you're dealing with. Um, and so I just wanted to know, like, how you go about uh, managing something that is taking off to be something that is without but like in a whole continent. And, you know, you're serving your, your client base is all these athletes, which I'm sure love the idea of an app. And so how do you go about getting these recruiters that have probably been doing things the same old way you know they're probably pretty egotistic i can imagine with the guys they've recruited and how well they've done and then they've been asked to consider using this app called player recognition you know and and to and to find people through that app uh to to be recruited to their school you know how how has been how, how's the process of getting the recruiters uh on the recruiter side to to get using this app because clearly they've already done it without it. So what's, what's the pitch to them?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not like, it's not like player recognition is the only athletic recruiting site. You know, it's not like we're groundbreaking. Uh, the one niche that we do have is that, uh, you know, to my knowledge right now, we're the only uh, company that provides, uh, verified stats. Um, everyone else, you know, you just can kind of go up and sign can up. Can you and just add describe verified, sta- really... veris, veris, uh, verified stats?
0: Verified stats or just so people know what they're.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's not so much stats throughout the season. It's more stats uh, for on-field testing. So uh, for football, one of the biggest evaluation processes is uh, something called the combine. So a combine, you show up and you um, you run a 40-yard dash, you run a T-test, an L-cone test, a vertical jump, um, a broad jump. It's it's basically just a standardized testing to, to, to kind of show uh, where you are as an athlete and just the power that um you possess you know on the field in terms of speed and agility and all that so um right now to my knowledge we're the only company that provides verified stats for that everyone else um you can kind of just go on and add your own numbers which um you know in the grand scheme of things doesn't really seem like that big of a deal but when there's you know a million athletes and you want to try and get ahead you know you you know you're not going to put your completely uh you know truthful time so what we do is um you know, the athletes come in to one of our events and, uh, you know, we time them using lasers. And then from there, we put that onto our platform so that there's stats that coaches uh, can trust and ultimately, um, you know, that players are, you know, telling the truth and that everything is just fair
2: uh, across the board.
1: Are you but guys definitely?
2: Mainly, are you guys mainly in Canada or is this also in the United States?
1: Yeah. So uh, we're, yeah, we're based in Canada. Our goal is to get Canadian athletes uh, to the States, Um, you know, in the future, far, far down the road, uh, there is the possibility to expand, um, you know, all throughout North America. But right now uh, our goal is to get Canadian athletes, um, you know, not only to American schools, obviously to the youth sports and uh, you know, there's other opportunities, but um, you know, right now uh, our market uh, is definitely the Canadian athletes for sure.
2: Is your clientele the actual athletes or is it the scouts?
1: Well, it's both, right? So, um, you know, they both kind of go hand in hand. They both need each other. Um, you, know, I, you know, it's hard to say who needs more, but, uh, you know, the athletes want to go to school and these coaches want them to play at their school ultimately, right? So, um, you know, they go hand in hand at the
2: end of the day. Fair enough. But like, are you monetizing at the scouting level or are you monetizing at the athlete level of your business?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. So right now um, we sell the data to schools. Right. So we have a paid subscription basis, uh, for schools and, uh, you pay a monthly fee and, um, that allows you to access all this, uh, you know, all this data. And, uh, there's also, you know, some other cool things where, uh, we have a virtual depth chart, so you can see all your players and you can see your recruiting classes and stuff like that. And in terms of the players, um, when you come to event, ultimately you have to pay, but, uh, we try and keep the cost down for players as low as possible. Um, so they don't have a monthly subscription. Um, you know there is a possibility you know there's a lot of ways to monetize both clients but right now uh you know we're confident with what we have with just selling the data to schools who you know uh who have the budget and uh you know the players coming to a combine we think that you know they've you know they've done their part to get in front of us and uh you know it's our job to get them in front of coaches
3: Brett, if you don't mind me jumping in here yeah um one thing that caught my eye right away is i'm actually really interested in the structure of your business? You said you have two other co-founders?
1: Yeah. We Why two do they exist?
3: Like, what do they do?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I was actually the third kind of co-founder in the situation. Um, they were second, sorry, they were third year players at Vanier, uh, when I met them and it was my first year there. And, um, yeah, we just kind of got to talking. Uh, I went out to supper with Joey uh, on a Friday night before a Saturday game, which is what we usually do with the team. And, We just kind of started talking about his idea that he had and uh, I didn't really think too much about it. And then um, during the winter break, I actually started uh, my own um, cleat painting business. I wanted to make some money at school. So I started to paint cleats um, for myself and then ultimately my teammates. And then uh, the other co-founder Dawson, uh, he sent me a message and he said, Hey man, we want to get uh, some cleats done for some guys that we want to sponsor this was very, very early on. And I said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And then the more and more I kind of thought about player recognition and the more I kind of looked at, you know, what I wanted to do, Uh, I was like, okay, like I'll do the cleats for free, but can we sit down and talk about this thing and see if I can, uh, you know, see if I can help out. And Dawson said, yeah, man, we can do that. So um, I was talking to him while I was working as a dishwasher at the local ski hill. And that night I went home and I kind of looked up athletic recruiting on Google and I signed up for, you know, as many websites as I could. And I just kind of wrote down what I liked and what I didn't like. And then I wrote that on a piece of paper and presented that to Joey and Dawson. And they were both like, yeah, man, you know, you got a lot of good points. So uh, let's do this. And then, you know, now two years later, we got uh, our own CTO. We signed on about two months ago and we just released uh, our new update uh, yesterday, actually, and we're up to about 300 users. So we're looking to have a really, really big December and hopefully uh, surpass
0: the, you know, the 1000 user mark. Man, the only thing missing from that story is like you writing down some notes on a paper napkin, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. uh, that's, a pretty, yeah, so, yeah, so to answer your question here, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, um, we're three
1: co-founders and then, uh, we added on, uh, a CTO Michael, um, and, uh, he also took some equity in the business. Um, oh, wow. so I'd have to say right now we're at a, yeah, uh, we're at four right now.
3: Cool. Yeah. Cause a lot of times when people are thinking of, uh, starting a business, at least for me, the main anxiety is, is everybody going to be working fairly? Is yeah. everybody going to be putting in equal efforts for the same piece of the pie? So, like, how do you ensure, you know, that things are fair at the end of the day? Like, this business blows up, and now Sportsnet is, is offering you $10 million. You know, how do we, like, what is this thing that's preventing you from, you guys going going, and I'm not saying, you know, there's anything there, but um, I'm interested to find out like what things do you have in place to ensure everybody's doing their role so that, you know, in a year down the line, if this offer ever comes, you guys aren't at each other's necks in court, you know, talking about equity and who deserves what.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. That's a, yeah, that's a super fair question. So uh, we are incorporated as um, you know, as a company uh, we are a registered business and we do Um, You know, we also have a partnership agreement, Um, but, you know, it is, uh, it is hard um, to kind of figure out and to kind of make things uh, fair in terms of uh, time and putting, uh, you know, all the resources, but when it comes to money, you know, we always, um, you know, we always put in the same amount and it's hard uh, with time and commitment because we obviously have different skills. So, you know, our developer puts in a lot more time uh, in terms of that than we do just because, you know, we don't have the skills that he does so. Um, you know, we try and even out, but it is, uh, you know, it's something that I've definitely, uh, had to deal with and, um, but you know, my co-founders and, you know, my team, you know, we, uh, you know, we were friends first. So if there is an issue, we always talk about it. And at the end of the day, um, you know, we always figure it out, but it's something that you definitely have to, uh, you know, it's something you have to think about before you go into a business, uh, with one of your friends or one of your teammates, you know, you want to be able to work with them. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't really have an answer for you because it's something that, you know. I'm still trying to figure out as well, right? Uh, There's always so much to do. And, you know, we all have different lives. We all go to school, we all have jobs. So um, it's hard to put in the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to make it fair across the board, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I believe in the company, I believe in what we do. And I believe in my co-founder. So, you know, if I have to put in a couple hours, uh, you know, extra a week, I know that, you know, the next week, if they have to do that, they'll do that as well. So um, cool so yeah, just a, a bedrock of about, trust
0: yeah that's just don't worry about that yeah, exactly. that's just coming from Amir because he's he he deals with a lot of lawsuits in Toronto that's how people in Toronto behave <laughs> Yeah, no. if no. we have a disagreement <laughs> let's just go to court because we're not going to talk about it like, no no uh, <laughs> Usually,
3: I, I'm just imagining, you know, I I, th- I really think that you have a business here that can really succeed and is extremely, extremely liquid in terms of somebody will just want to buy it and just expand it because they have like a name brand. Like ESPN would look at this and just completely start salivating at the
0: idea. Yeah. So where,
3: where my head's at is, okay, is the is the plan set up properly so that, you know you guys there so that was my question and thanks for answering it
0: yeah because like we and the reason we're asking these questions brad is i i don't want it to come off as some sort of like interrogation we're just genuinely curious because the three of us run painting companies you're in the year you know you're breaking into the tech industry we're connecting commu- like tech we're techniques communication so we're just trying to pick your brain a little bit here um so yeah no for sure yeah And, uh, and so now, you know, to be honest, man, like it sounds like I already knew a little bit about player recognition, but just those last 20 minutes really helped me get a lot more information. It sounds like you really got a, a great successful and enterprise that has a lot of potential. Um, so I imagine you must be absolutely stoked as to where this is going. Um, I just have a few questions for you now. We've, We've talked about player recognition. We've talked about what it does. We've talked about why It is separate from competitors, why it has a lot of potential. I just want to know now about breaking into you, your mindset and what you, how, how you are different from other people in the population that allows you to do well with this. Um, That's kind of our angle and why we like having people on. We were curious and picking your brain as to what you do, but more importantly, we want to know what your mindset and perspective brings to the table that separates you from anybody doing this, any one of your potential competitors. So the main thing I want, the the question I wanted to ask you and I've been wanting to ask you uh, for, for a while, and this is the perfect time to ask it is that, you know, you're 19 years old. So, you know, you have 19 year old friends and you have 19 year old, you do 19 year old things like, you know, but you're operating at the level of like a guy in his late twenties starting a startup and, and has all his stuff together, you know, like how does this impact, you know, your capacity to connect with people? Uh, do your friends that you've not, not the friends that you've had for a while. Cause I'm sure like with me, I have friends that I've been friends with since I was a kid and those relationships don't really change no matter what you do. But I mean like people that you meet for the first time that you tell them that you have a startup that you have, you know, not only that you have a startup and player recognition, but now that you're also going to be running a painting company and, how did those people, how do you think those people see you? And do you think that your title impacts your capacity to connect? And, you know, did, did they think that you're somebody that's actually real? And I mean that like, and I mean that genuinely, like it might sound as a joke. Cause people are like, Oh yeah, whatever people, you know, but no, like seriously, like if you were to think about three years ago, meeting a guy and him telling you what you would tell people now, what they do is just like, you know, that. How do you think that impacts your capacity to connect or or do you even not even pay attention to that? I'm just curious. No,
1: it's definitely something I think about and it's, uh, it's actually a really, really challenging question to answer because, uh, it was actually, I had a similar question when I was talking to Pat, uh, throughout uh, the application for student works and, uh, it was, yeah, it was basically the same thing. He said, you know, what, uh, you know, what sets you apart from your friends and it was just kind of hard to pinpoint it, but it's just, it's just how I'm wired. Um, you know, I am 19 and my friends, you know, do go out, they do, out, uh, you know, go out to the clubs and they do all this, but I just, I really, really enjoy, um, uh, you know, being at home and being on my laptop or being at home and, you know, reading a business book. And it's, it's, it's super weird. Cause sometimes I just look at myself and I'm like, my God, like I'm just an old man sometimes. And it's, uh, it's definitely something I challenge, oh, It's um, funny uh, you you like I have struggles I have- with I think we've yeah, all kind weird. of been it's called old weird.
0: men by our friends. I've definitely been called. Yeah, it's it's times. super weird, but it's just uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really loaded question. So I'm trying to give the best answer. But, well, you know, it's just um, to say,
0: like, first of all, we could start. We could kind of break it down. Like, does the fact, like, you know, yeah, when people true. when you meet somebody for the first time, and it just kind of comes yeah. up naturally in conversation, where you know, oh, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? Okay, the the thought goes through your head, right? Like, you almost want to try and filter it.
1: Yeah. For a while, when people used to ask me, you know, uh, you know, like, are you in school? What are you doing? I used to never really talk about player recognition because I never really wanted. Um, I don't because know. Because then I you know have to explain it, it up, and you're not. Didn't.
0: And like, then you got, you can't just say it and then not offer all this additional info, right? Like you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I, I think, I think
1: the problem yeah. was, was I just didn't want to, um, I didn't want to seem like, uh, you know, like I was in a better position than anybody else just because I had hmm. a company.
0: For sure. You know, I didn't how- want to
1: seem like, I, yeah, I didn't want to seem like I was better than everybody else. So I tried uh, not to talk about it as much, but you know, now I just introduced it and I just try and be as humble as, you know, as I can. It's not that, you know, it's not like we're, uh, um, you know, it's not like we have a huge valuation. It's not like we have a bunch of employees, you know, we still are just four guys in a room, uh, you know, uh, just working our asses off, but yeah, uh, I try and bring it up. And the main reason I bring it up now um, is because I just like to talk to people and I like to network. And it's something that, um, you know, I think the networking is super, super important, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I try and bring it up as much as I can, just cause you know, you never know who the person you're talking to is or who they know mm. who they're mm. connected to. Exactly. Uh, and it's definitely helped me out. So I try and bring it up, but I, you know, I try and stay as humble as possible. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we still have a lot to do in front of us. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, so,
0: uh, I wanted to know the answer to that because, you know, Amir and John and I, the reason we started this podcast is we've just been having this weekly call every week since uh summer. And uh, we've talked about this a couple of times where, you know, we're just talking, it's, it's kind of a silly conversation to have, I think. Um, because what's the point in not wanting to tell people what we do, if our businesses thrive on people knowing what we do, <laughs> You know, like yeah, it's just, exactly. it's just a weird concept. So like, I just, we've talked about this before, guys. I just want to kind of recap on your, uh, on your opinion on this. Like Amir and John, To like, no, know, like you guys run, uh, bigger businesses than I did this year. And it's not really about revenue. It's more so about, we're just talking to people about what we do. Is it something that readily off the tip of your tongue? You're like, yeah, I just run a painting business. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, and then just kind of run from there. Or is it something like, how do you present it?
3: So I can jump in. For me, um, I want to – the reason I started mentioning my business more, and I used to be hesitant because it would feel like it's not humble for me to say that, and I used to always be afraid to be put into this melting pot of entrepreneurs who just take pictures at, like, parties or clubs. No, no. Instagram stories. Don't put me on there. I don't care about your club night. It's not why I'm here. No, I have employees on payroll. So it's (laughs) Um, jokes aside. The reason I keep presenting that is because I do want to be a business owner for the rest of my life. And if I fail to present that as a part of my identity, I think that'd be me kind of living on the fence. Like, oh, I might be this, but I might be that. Whereas now I'm so confident in presenting myself, sometimes not confident, maybe uncomfortable to present myself as like, hey, I'm a business owner. I run a painting business, a student painting business in Canada. Um, that way I, I'm associated as the business owner. It's a, it's like a, a a trick to have myself be remembered as a business owner so that I can never really ever uh, cower out. And, and, and get a job because I know that's not what I want. And knowing myself, I always want to look good in front of my friends and sometimes saying that I'm an entrepreneur in a room full of UFT Rotman students and Ivy league who are all lining up to tr- get this dream corporate job and them giving me like the stink eyes like, ha this guy thinks he can do it. The, the ability to do that consistently, I think will just make me more and more and more in confidence. Like the law of affirmation, the more I say it, the more I will believe it. So that's why I always introduce myself as a business owner because uh, the more I say it, then the more it becomes real and I want to force mm-hmm. myself to never, ever, ever get that's a job. Um, cause I just really love entrepreneurship. So that, have you that's,
0: like to this day, you've never had a job?
3: No, no, no. I worked as a food runner as oh, well okay. as a teller at TD. Right. Yeah, but I've you. never experienced depression until I took those. I never experienced severe boredom until I took those roles. I never felt, so small and insignificant oh, in those wow. roles you just, you just added yeah. td yeah you are
0: gonna have them on as a sponsor next week.
3: Uh, well hey, look td is yeah. a great bank but and there's they they're they're actually one it was one of the best employments i had but my personality and i think the natural gifts that i've been given whether you believe in that or not is is does not align with me being a cog in the wheel and doing repetitive tasks i'm too adhd for that
2: so one thing I'm super impressed with though, is like, so Brett, like the whole, the word humble, like it was thrown out a couple of times by Austin is interesting. Cause when I was 19, I wanted to tell everyone that I was a business owner and not for the same reasons that Amber does. Like Amber is doing it as a tactic to, to, I guess, basically keep himself as a business owner. He doesn't want to get a job. Right. But I wanted to tell everyone that I was a business owner because it was like an ego play. Like when I was 19, it's like, Oh, I'm, I own a business. It's like a su- superiority thing. But I don't sense any of that with you. So, like, in the back, like, um, I guess, like, do you you ever, like, uh, have any struggles with superiority? Or do you actually, like, are you as humble inside as you come off on the outside? No,
1: no, I'm not. Uh, It's definitely, you know, I kind of link that to the same way I play sports. Um, You know, I could stand there and I could talk shit to you all game, but it's just not how I play. I just, I just let uh, you know, I let my throws, I let, you know, the way I lead, I let all that speak for itself. And, uh, you know, there's the odd time, I had a game, uh, you know, yesterday, you know, and somebody was talking to me and I just kind of had to put them in their place, but I don't, I don't really like to do that. I like to just keep it. Yeah. I just like to work and I just like to, uh, you know, to let, um, you know, my actions speak for themselves. And, um, but I'm, you know, you know, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to, you know, to let people know, you know, how much work I do put in. But you know, I just think it's important. It's just it's just kind of how I approach it. I just I don't think you know I have to go around parading about it all you know every day. But you know, if it's something like this, if somebody wants to talk about it, if somebody is interested in starting their own business and they want to you know and they want to ask me a question, and if I can provide them value, then you know I'm all ears and I'll sit there and talk about it all day. But you know, I think you know inside my head, you know I'm you know extremely confident. But I try not to turn that into arrogance, or I try not to. Um, you know, look super cocky. And it's something I had to deal with, you know, when I was a kid, obviously, um, in gym class or whatever, I used to just talk and talk and talk. And then, you know, as I got older, I realized people don't really like that. And uh, it's something that I've definitely worked on. But, you know, I just, you know, I just, I just do my own thing and I just work hard and I just stick to what I, you know, like and what I know. And if, uh, if somebody wants to talk about it, but yeah, I definitely approach it more from an athletic perspective, not really an entrepreneurial uh, perspective, but that's kind of how I would link it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't really know you personally, obviously. So this is kind of interesting to ask when you were growing up as an athlete, did you find yourself someone who's like, kind of like per se, like naturally gifted or were you one of those guys who is having to just completely grind to get to the top?
1: No, I definitely, uh, I definitely had an edge. Um, I wasn't uh you know, I wasn't the best athlete uh, around, but I was definitely ahead of a lot of people. Um, i wasn't I wasn't completely gifted like it's not like I'm super fast you know i'm you know i stand at five ten but I'm probably five nine um but uh you know i you know I definitely was ahead of the game obviously in gym class you know i was uh probably the best one there uh, a lot of my teams i was you know at the top, and you know every team I've played before I try and bring as much as i can but um I definitely know it's not like it's you know it's not like i'm not uh You know, training. It's not like I can just go play a game without watching film or training. I, you know, I have to go to the gym. I think everybody does, Uh, but I definitely, um, I think, I think that mentally, I really get it, and I know where the puck was going when I was a kid, Uh, and I, you know, and I know where to throw the ball. And I, uh, I think upstairs in my head, I think I'm, you know, really, really smart when it comes to sports. But um, you know, athletically, uh, you know, I am an athlete. I am athletic, but uh, I don't think I stand out uh, on a chart you know if you were to look at me compared to you know all the other quarterbacks in the country without knowing me without talking to me without kind of coaching me you wouldn't really say that I stand out and that's you know you know one of the reasons why we started player recognition was um, and it's something that we haven't really gotten into but I definitely want to find a way where we can kind of tap into that where it's not just about um, you know your combine testing I want to kind of uh, if there's like a standard you know like cognitive test that you could take and that uh, if there's a, like a standardized testing, it's oh, yeah, something it's that really you know, I haven't really, yeah, I haven't really had the time to put it into motion, but it's definitely something that I wanna look I've, into. Yeah, I've but always no, I, thought you know, about yeah.
0: that too, because when you're looking, that's a first of all, that's a great answer. I think that that's. Uh, I, I always saw you because you've been such an asset uh, with you know working with me the last couple of years. I've always saw you as somebody that's just so capable, but I never thought of that from a football perspective. Like, I guess. If you do look at you, you know, like I'm sure there's quarterbacks that are just naturally – like they're physically bigger, taller, and they're just going to be seen as already having a leg up on you. When you look at your position and your dimensions, naturally you wouldn't think that you would be somebody that's as capable as you are, right? And the fact that you just let your – uh, I guess like your 60 yard bombs in a double coverage completion for a touchdown speak for themselves, right? Like, uh, let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, even at that, um, you know, I don't even know if I could throw a 60 yard bomb.
0: This is how, this is how humble the guy is, John is. I can't even yeah, just say, but no, but, Hey, here's the 60 yard bomb. Take it. Like, it's...
1: Yeah. But uh, no, to get back to John's question, actually, cause I, cause I think I have a better answer when I was in elementary school, I was, you know, I was definitely the best athlete around and uh, I kind of talked like I was. And then when I got to high school, I realized like, okay, there's, you know, there's other guys, uh, you know, that can play. And then when I got to stage up, I was like, okay, I'm really not as good as I thought I was. So every kind of level I've taken up, I've kind of been humbled. And um, it's definitely something that I've gotten a lot better at.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the cognitive testing is an interesting aspect. I've always thought about, you know, watching these, uh, I, I watch, NFL, CFL combines, I just find it like an interesting part of the evaluation step, you know, like the NHL has them too. And it's just, it's something that has nothing to do with, uh, like player IQ when it comes to the sport. It's just brute strength and independent objective measurement, you know, and I, and sometimes I wonder like, yeah. what kind of validity does this hold in a, a player's worth to the team? You know, like there was, I can't remember this guy's name, but there was a player uh, in the NHL combine two or three years ago who literally could not do one pull up and he was laughed at. And then he, you know, the the Calgary flames gave him a shot and he ended up making their team and ended up being a real asset for them, but he just got completely overlooked. And I'm, you know, football way better than I do. And I was just using a hockey example because I'm a lot more familiar with hockey, but I'm sure there's been so many examples like that. Tom Brady. Well. Yeah, well, there you Yeah, go.
1: exactly. Yeah. Tom, yeah, Tom Brady's um, you know, the living embodiment of that statement. It's <laughs> definitely um for football obviously, um it depends on position. Quarterback is actually uh one of the things where in well, my you got to assess your IQ, the really sport it matter.
0: Like you the guy with the it. ball. And it's, like it's actually the, the guy when with the You look the vision, at the NFL like,
1: combine. Yeah. yeah, and when you look at the NFL and the CFL combine, um one of the biggest aspects it's, you know, it's not just an on-field workout. Uh, you are there and you do meet with almost every team um, so there is a you know there's kind of a break in period uh, to get to know the coaches uh, and that's something that we definitely want to add to the player recognition events and if we can um you know kind of do that virtually online too that would be huge and it's mm-hmm. definitely something that we're looking into man the the cognitive um, if you assessment look at it, actually, so cool. yeah it's definitely something that you know there's like and the way i kind of look at it is You know, if I was a player coming up on player recognition, uh, to be completely honest with you, I I don't, I don't really think that it would, you know, really benefit me. Obviously, I would, you know, I, you know, I'd be able to connect with coaches, but like my numbers just don't stand out. They just don't. They just, they never have, and that's just not who I am. So it's definitely something I want to, you know, I want to look into. But if you look at the quarterback position, um, you know, a lot of guys have, you know, you know, have the traits. Whether you're, you know, six five and can throw the ball seventy five yards, and you're this big and you're this fast. At the end of the day, like. You just have to be really, really smart upstairs. And when you look at Tom Brady, like, if, I don't know if you guys have ever looked into his combine testing, but um, it's a, it's, it's a joke.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an
1: actual joke, mm-hmm. uh, the way he ran and the way he tested, but you know, <laughs> five or but six Tom Brady.
0: years later. yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: well, it's, yeah, it's exactly. interesting, Brett, it's interesting, Brett, listening to you because it seems like there's like a lot of like, you just seem really well polished. Like there's like a lot of underlying philosophies that you live by that like make you different. Did, have you like like what did, like, are you studying in university currently or
1: no i'm actually um i took a year off last year and then you right read now the i am like because you just uh, seem like grade. a
2: really like like well-educated individual but like you're 19 it just it, you know it's- what
1: yeah i'd have to uh i'd have to credit that to a lot of podcasts a lot of podcasts and um I did start reading this summer. Uh, it's something I do every night before bed. It's something that I never, ever, ever did all my life. And if you told sixteen-year-old Brett that he'd be reading on a Friday night, uh, he probably would have told you that uh, you were insane. But that's just that's just where I'm at. Do you find um, that separates you from but your no, friends? podcasts are huge. Like, is it, oh, totally. Is it Sometimes thing? when I tell my friends that I read, they're just like, "Yeah, it's you know, it's something." And I and I and I think that you guys can definitely relate to this. Uh, but I'm just. You know and this isn't a shot at anyone that i hang out with it's not a shot at any of my friends but i'm just you know i'm just a lot different than my friends and i think that you guys you know obviously running a successful painting business you know there's times where you want to go out on a friday night you know you want to go on that trip you want to go do whatever you're doing but you know it's not i, I don't want to say you can't but you just you just have other things to do and it's something i definitely uh and challenge with you know when my friends are like hey man we're going out i'm just like sorry dude i gotta go uh, you know, I got to go to Montreal. I got a meeting. Mm-hmm. I got to go. I got this event. But at the end of the day, uh, it is a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to take, and I, you know, I really, really enjoy taking. And I, and, and, you know, I know through my, um, through my talks with Pat during the process, uh, you know, he really resided with that too, and I'm sure that you guys can too. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm definitely different than my friends. But it's cool to just kind of relax sometimes too. But um, I just, it's just, it just goes back to how I'm wired. It, you know, I'm, you know, I'm having a hard time um, you know, kind of contextualizing it, but it's just, it's just how I am. It's just how I think.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that it's really important that we highlight these differences because if you look at, um, like as much as we want to make sure that people understand what you do to make sure that you're different from other people and that you're able to go out and achieve these things so well. And, you know, like John said, you're well-polished, you're well-spoken, you're 19 years old, you own a business, you're buying, you're starting another one it's completely insane, but when you talk to you, you know, you make it seem so achievable and you make it seem so uh, doable, but that's kind of the point is we're trying to make sure that people understand with a few minor changes uh, and a few different ways of looking at things and a few different perspectives and applying a different mindset, like very, you know, the majority of things that you would want to achieve and go out and do uh, very doable. And, and like, it's not a shot at anybody here is because we've done it. It's just that like, there's no point in sitting here and developing a huge ego about yourself and thinking that, wow, look at me and look what I've accomplished and look at this and look at that. Like, it's just, okay, well, how did I go about doing that? It was a minor change. I thought about something differently and that led me to just think it was possible. And then I tried and look, I look what I've created, you know? And so it's to make sure that we understand the distinction between what seems to be impossible and what seems to be not impossible. Um, I, uh, quickly, I wanted, I, I asked Amir, uh, we we spoke about uh, the the Bill Gates Netflix special. Have you seen that, Brett or John?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I don't I don't have Wi Fi at my house, but I um but I specifically downloaded those, and so it was really 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 really, really impressive. It's something that I'm really getting
0: from him too. Is that he just uh, and you know we've we pumped your tires enough. This isn't a compare you to Bill Gates, but it's just to say that you know it's, no, he's
1: on another level. No, he but that but that's level. but
0: that's what you get from him too, right? Is that it's just it's not about achievement, it's not about ego, it's not about glam. It's just about here's what I've accomplished by doing this, and how can I use these assets to make bigger change? And it's just thought of so objectively, so uh, unemotionlessly. It's just it's just so. Direct. There's no affect, and so there is this quote at the end that I don't know if you caught it, Brett, but his mom was reading it. It's like the last 15 seconds of the the last episode of the docu series. I know, quote,
1: I know what you're talking about, but I and can't it was quote like it.
0: holy yeah. shit. It was just like a click, right? And I was like, wow, this is literally what his because the whole the whole series was. Him and his mom having a difficult relationship, yet an effective relationship where they pushed each other to grow. And then he attributed a lot of his success to his kind of difficult relationship with his mom, right? And so you kind of realize when she reads this quote on the outro of the last thing, that this is what made him this way, and this is how he lives his life. And the quote is, each one of us has to start with developing his or her own definition of success. And when we have these specific expectations of ourselves, we're more likely to live up to them. Ultimately, it's not what we get or even what we give; it's what you become. And that was just like, and then the credits roll, and you're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, like so it's it, that, Austin, that's ready. To, this yeah, is, yeah,
1: like you're ready to run through a wall. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah exactly. So yeah.
3: yeah, So stuff like that is what I find really stimulating. But yeah. I, I need your help here, man, because yeah, I, I already read a lot for school, and I can't stand reading books. I just don't. It's just boring. It's too slow. There's no colors. There's no explosions. How can no, you help someone there's like no me? No dairy
0: v checkmark in the no, corner of his video. No
3: checkmark. <laughs> there's no loud music. Yeah. There's no Kanye no, in the background. How can you help yeah, someone like it's totally
1: me? Totally something.
3: Convince me to pick up a book at Friday night. How do you convince me to do this, man?
1: Yeah, it's totally something that I totally get where you're coming from because a couple months ago I, I had the same mentality and. um for me, it, it all started uh, with a book uh, called Shoe Dog. Uh, it's written by a founding partner at Nike, Phil Knight. And um, I always wanted to read this book. Uh, I I don't know why I always wanted to read it, but I but I remember seeing it when I was uh, I don't know 13 or 14, and I never I, I never really bought it. It was like a thirty dollar book, and I didn't really like books um, at that point. My you know my dad's a huge reader. My uh, my brother's a huge reader. My mom is not. My sister is uh, you know, on and off, but I just, I never really picked up a book and um, me and my friend shop at Valley Village, that's where we get all our clothes just because uh, that's just how we do it. I don't know. And um, I saw Shoe Dog there and I bought it. It was like $4 and uh, it took me a really, really long time to read it because I used to do it at night and
0: um, uh, by I had the way, a girlfriend can add throughout this. the summer. Since I've met Brett and um, we've known each other for the last two years, I've watched that book sit in his car for years. So I can attest to the validity of the story. So. Continue.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it, <laughs> it took me a really, really long time to read it. And I, um, I had a girlfriend this summer. So, I, you know, I was spending a lot of time with her um, and I just, I, you know, I wasn't really getting around to reading it. And I took a week off this summer to go to her cottage and uh, I ended up finishing the book and the last, and it was a really, it's a, it's, it's a really long book and it's a challenging book to read cause it just kind of feels repetitive. But the last chapter um, was just amazing. And it just, it just blew my mind. Um, and I don't want to give away any spoilers, but just everything kind of connects and it's cool. And it's, and it's not like I'm reading like these weird Harry Potter books and all that. Like I'm reading books about businesses, about entrepreneurship, about people uh, who have been in the same type of situation as all of us and just kind of how they never really stop believing. So it's, it's just, it's just kind of another way to learn, honestly. Uh, It's basically just a podcast, but you know, you don't have to read. There's a lot of successful people that say, you know, I don't, you know, I don't read. And then there's a lot of people that say that they do read. Um, I just think there's a lot of great content out there, whether you look at podcasts, whether you look at books or just YouTube, there's just a lot of great ways to learn. So if you don't like reading a mirror, like that's totally fine. Um, know there's so many good podcasts out there but I just um you know I just kind of have grown to like it and um I can't read throughout the day it's not like I wake up and I'm like oh I can't wait to get to my book but before I go to bed at night I try and read a chapter I try and put my phone down and it just kind of you know lets me go to bed and I usually just you know fall right asleep so that's the one kind of place that I'd say that maybe you could kind of start it off um just you know just grab a book that you think you'd like before bed and read a chapter and uh you know, I find when I don't read before bed, I have a, you know, I have a worse sleep than if I did read before bed. Um, but you know, you don't have to read. It's not, it's not like something that, you know, you have to do, but it's something that, uh, I've grown to like. And, um, yeah, there's, wow. just, there's, there's just a lot of good books out there.
3: That's amazing, man. You, you touched on a couple of points here that were very interesting. One I want to expand upon, uh, just yep. in a quick jot note or point form. You talked about how you listen to a lot of podcasts. So, for our viewers out there, what are some podcasts you recommend?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me just uh, l- let me just bring it up on my phone here.
3: Yeah, um, because I yeah, I, I kind of are- struggled to find some good podcasts. I know John, you sent me one that I listened on the car. Um, that was that was a really good one. So that was a deep one. That was a, that I, was yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was crazy. And as a like yeah. I'm Muslim, right? So listening to that, it was like a bit emotional so it's like was is this guy dissing me is he not dissing me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm about
0: to lose it at john should i lose it no 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 it was
3: totally it was totally fine he's an absolute intellectual um but yeah brett did did you were you able to put it up
1: yeah for sure um yeah it's something i never you know i thought podcasts were just a thing of the past and it's something i don't even i can't even remember why i started listening to podcasts but uh, you know, throughout the summer when I paint, I have my earphones in and I'm listening to podcasts all day. Uh, when nice. I'm at the gym, usually it's oh, music, true. but um, it's just, yeah, it's just podcasts all day. That's the one thing I love about painting is you just, you know, no one really bothers you for eight hours and you mm. can just learn while you work. Get a, yeah, you get a um, the one that started it all off. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, like I always tell people that I'm always like, you know, I have a master's degree from podcasts, um, but the Amazing. one that kind of started it off the one that started it off, and I don't want to be like super cliche, but it was definitely uh the gary v audio experience
2: no nice. um, oh i I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, yeah, believe it or not
1: yeah okay. yeah it's su- it's super hit or miss uh he you know he yeah. releases a podcast every single day so i don't I don't listen to every single one because not every single one is for everybody um but there cool. are cool. i like to listen to his keynotes, I like to mm. listen to the long ones uh but in terms of like the way I think about things and uh, the way I approach situations, uh, I definitely, you know, tip my hat off to Gary. You know, the way that he approaches mentality and all that, I definitely have to say that a lot of that uh, has rubbed off off me. And I've uh, and I've got to be honest, honest Brett. Like
0: uh, I, it, I, used to think, uh, like we've spoken about, we've debated this for a long time. Oh, 100%. percent. Yeah, you've yeah. been a yeah, big yeah. Gary V yeah. fan. Gary V fan. I've always been skeptical, and I even mentioned it on a previous episode. Like again, I got to be honest. Like yeah. I don't have a ground to stand on. Like what am I going to do? Critique Gary V? No. What I'm trying to say is that um, he, by the way, his podcast I listen to it too. I agree with you; it is hit or miss. But the stuff that he brings home and and he, he, you're literally listening to the audio recording of him uh, putting people through transformations on his podcast. You know, when it comes to yeah. sites, no, it's it's, uh, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's something that you know, and I think a lot of people have that same mentality. And it was probably something that I dealt with. I can't really remember, but uh, when you first look at Gary. Um, you're kind of like, hey, man, this guy's loud, He's kind of got an annoying voice, it's like, what the hell does he know? But if you really just sit there and you just kind of battle through that first phase, um, I, you know, I really think that he could definitely help you out. Uh, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much, because there are a couple of podcasts that I do want to share. So the next one uh, would be um, one called How I Built This uh, with Guy Roz. Uh It's an NPR podcast.
3: That's two um, in a row. get recommended.
0: Yeah. Last guess.
1: Oh, dude, this one is is
3: amazing. Wow. I listened to it too. It's 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 unbelievable.
1: He brings on, uh, he brings on former, um, you know, co-founders and current CEOs of, you know, uh, you know, companies that we all know and, and, and some that you don't. So, uh, this one's cool because, you know, there isn't a whole lot of them and you can kind of walk through and pick the ones that you want to listen to. And they're all really, really great. Um, some of my favorites was, uh, the one from Lyft was amazing. Airbnb, uh, Shopify was really good. Um, Lululemon was cool. They're just, there's, uh, Patagonia was amazing. Yeah, they're okay. I'm just going to, yeah, they're all, they're (laughs) all really good. You can learn something from all of them.
0: That's sick. Um, And the cool thing is that you don't learn any specific details about how to run, start, manage a business. You learn about just the sheer perspective and mindset that you have to have when you start something, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's it's cool.
1: And I think the one thing that, that is really cool. And especially for uh, people who are in university is that it's kind of a real world approach to running a business. It's not, it's not the way that it's, uh, you know, it's not the way that it's written down in a textbook and stuff like that. It's like, it's just how they did it. And some of it will just blow your mind. Like the Airbnb one is just mind blowing. Um, To move on the next podcast I'd have to recommend would be The Corp. Um, oh, yeah. it's kind of the same. It's only, it's, it's, uh, it's the only Barstool podcast I listen to. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. They, you know, I know. I know. <laughs> they, ha, they, I have I of, they have, they have a lot of, they have a lot of good podcasts, but, uh, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, <laughs> but this one is kind of, it's kind of the same basis as, um, as how I built this, um, you know, Alex Rodriguez and, um,
0: Big cat from, uh, yeah, sorry. From, uh, pardon my take. Yeah. He's on there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so they yeah they bring on people that have been successful. Um, you know, uh, there's athletes, there's uh, there's radio. What's the name hosts, again? Uh, the corp. Uh, it's co- yeah the corp. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, and it's actually because it's cool because it's a bar stool one, so it's not super heavy. Uh, it's you know it's yeah, a lightened mood, but you do yeah. learn from it. Uh, you know, but there are some uh you know there are some points where you can laugh. Um. Yeah. The Joe Rogan one is super hit or miss. He, uh, he, you know, he has on some really interesting people. So I definitely going to have to say that one. Um, there's one by Nike called train to kind of move outside of the entrepreneurship. This one is more kind of based around, uh, sports, uh, and athletes and stuff like that and recovery oh, cool. and sleep, which is, oh, uh, wow. huge. I like that one. And then the last one, the last one I'd have to say, actually I got two more. There's one, <laughs> there's one called the playbook, uh, with, um, with, David Meltzer. This one uh, is uh, really, really good. Uh, He ran a a sports marketing business and um, it's kind of the same vibe as Gary Vee. I'd have to, I'd have to link it to that Uh, a little different, but the same kind of sort of approach and same conversations and stuff like that. And then the last one, I don't, you know, this is probably one of the biggest podcasts, but uh, it's called uh, the Tim Ferriss show. Uh, This one, uh, this guy's like probably the most skilled interviewer I've ever heard. Um, and they're really, really consistent, which is cool. Uh, he ends the podcast with the same question, uh, you know, for every single guest and he's up to 388 episodes. Um, and he's just a really, really outside of the box thinker.
0: Uh, yeah, you've told me to watch investor. that and, uh, I've, I've subscribed to it and I have full integrity. I have not listened to it yet, but I'm, I'm going just side to decide. Yeah. He's, this
2: uh, uh, is when I got me into stoicism. Yeah. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. Yeah, wow. he's a,
1: no, he's really he's a, he's really weird, but he's a good weird, um, and he was a big investor in Silicon Valley, and uh, he's got he's got a lot of a lot of weird guests. It's it, this one kind of I'd have to link it. It's it's kind of the same thing as the Joe Rogan podcast, just uh, no shot to Joe Rogan, but he's just a little bit more knowledgeable and can kind of keep the conversation
0: mm.
1: um, just about stuff that you know you want to hear, not more about like hunting right. and stuff not a shot oh, at joe rogan but Japan. much it's more these, of an
2: interview podcast like the joe rogan podcast is more of a conversation whereas it's kim exactly. is, is trying it's to extract yeah, does, exact information from the individual yeah system.
1: he does his research he's really really yeah he, it's it, it's really awesome like i'm just looking at it and sean white's been on it oh cool. um, toby lutka uh the co-founder oh, yeah. of um of shopify uh
2: Tim Ferriss' yeah. podcast with Jocko Willink is one of the best. Oh of all time. no! Way. Oh, yeah, yeah, who did we talk yeah. to?
0: Uh, was that was that me and you, Amir, that talked about Jocko Willink on here? Yeah, so, uh,
2: it sounds very familiar. That guy yeah, with so the
0: watch, the four thirty AM guy, the guy that photo yeah, so uh, every day. Yeah,
2: Jocko Willink's first ever uh, interview, like publicly, was the Tim Ferriss show.
0: No way!
2: And Man, this oh is my great. god, it's so good. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, no, he's just he just has it's like I say it's the same as Joe Rogan because he'll have on a CEO and then he'll have on a doctor and then he'll have on an athlete. Um, but they're all just really good. But yeah, no podcasts. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. Um, that's why, you wow. know, I, I was super excited uh, to be on this one. Cause I just love the people. I had start LeBron James podcasts. and
0: his trainer on. Jeez. That one's, Wait, good. What? To that one. that one's so good. That one's so good. Oh I don't my think it's 45 Yo, okay. the thing about podcasting that I do not understand is how like, and I'm going to try to understand it <laughs> going forward is the, the, the networking that exists for podcasters to get these guests, right? Yeah. Like it's insane. You have to have, I yeah. feel like there's, yeah. I feel like you, it, once you interview there's like, a a, like five out of 25 people, you have access to anybody yeah. <laughs> that there's you want club. to interview. Yeah, yeah. No, like, he's had crazy. some,
1: he's had some big names. Like he had, oh, uh, he had on, uh, the CEO of Walmart um which you know you probably don't know his name but Uh, it's it's walmart (laughs) but um no it's a it's a really really good podcast (laughs)
3: his name is walmart no god no
1: it's not
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's how dedicated he is he changed (laughs) his name
1: no there's uh yeah there's just so many good podcasts out there i could yeah i could go on but those are the ones that um i've you know i've like really really listened to oh, and uh have probably had, learned the most from
0: okay get this yo amir get this lineup episode 325 richard branson tony robbins and ray
2: dalio oh like, my god guys his podcast is a banger yeah wow
3: if you're in that room you instantly make you double your income by yeah. just
2: being in that room Just <laughs> Step in no, the no, that wasn't all yeah. at the same time though just a heads up
0: yeah no i know that was on the same yeah, episode i know yeah. oh, it was yeah it was yes, yes.
2: John's eyes just blew up. How have I missed that one Jeez. Oh
0: man. Wow. It's one hour and two minutes. That's like $87,000 per second on that podcast. I think. Oh my yeah, God. Exactly.
1: No, it's cool. Cause they're, cause uh, like they're all long form. Uh, yeah, so those yeah, are yeah. the ones that I really chase when I'm painting. Cause I don't really have to, I don't know. Like you can just really kind of buy into it and you can just kind of sit there and oh, listen. Man, um, wish. it's the same thing with Gary V. Like he's got a lot that are, you know, he'll have a oh, podcast that's, that's like you know thirty seconds or three hours, uh, but I like his oh, keynotes, wow. but uh no, it's just yeah, no that podcast uh he's he's he, he's weird, he is weird, but he's uh he's a good weird
0: Terry Cruz
3: cool Man, do, do cool. you guys want to jump in on the the topic piece that we can just debate out, um, which is how should entrepreneurs reward themselves?
0: Oh yeah, this is a nears topic. Uh, this is your topic for the week. This is yeah, this We're just is a approaching.
3: We're just approaching an hour, so I thought we'd spend the next fifteen twenty minutes just yeah, on this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So, Brett, we'll let you open up since you're our guest. So, how do you think entrepreneurs should reward themselves? Let's say this year you make bank. Do you? What would you do with your money? Would you spend? Maybe? Are you a believer that maybe by rewarding yourself, you would start snowballing an effect where You get motivated and then, and then you'll just work harder and make more money and buy more things. Or are you, are you more frugal? What's your opinion on how entrepreneurs should reward themselves?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I I don't think I have an answer for you. Um, um, but let's say like to like to just kind of break it down. So you said if I was to make a lot of money this year, you know, what was the one thing I'd buy? Um, you know, ultimately I, you know, I'd love to pay for my parents' retirement, but it would to go, be, it would be what, of that, my
0: one. Would you buy, like, essentially the question is, would you decide to reward yourself with, with any sort of item things. or reinvest it, reinvest in next year? Like what, what? Yeah, would no,
1: do? definitely. at the point, yeah. At the point that we're at right now, with player recognition, uh, you know, the money that we are making goes right back into the business. So I don't, you know, I don't see me um, you know, I don't see an exit strategy for a very, very long time. Um so so no, you know, I think that I have everything that I need. Um, you know, I do have some goals that, you know, will require uh, you know, funding, but it's not like it's not like I wanna own a Lamborghini or a mansion or anything like that. Um cool. But you know, you know, obviously I am, you know, I am a fan of cars. I'm not going to stand mm. here and tell you that I wouldn't drive a Lamborghini Your or, I, I, you know, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't wear a Rolex or anything like that. But it's just, it's just not what I'm about right now.
3: Um, oh, man. Okay, Austin, yeah, what do you know. think? I don't, I don't, I don't,
0: I don't, don't really have an answer for you. I apologize no,
3: that was you gave us a good answer, man. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I think that uh, it. To me, like, this is the way I've always been. It just has to make sense on paper. Like it, an effective, and just given the fact that like for the past three years um, in university, I've studied uh, uh, emotional decision-making uh, in marketing. So it, it's, it's like another level of conception for me when I make an impulse purchase. Um, and it never ends up being an impulse purchase, but I know the question is just, would you reward yourself as supposed to reinvest the money, put it away uh, or make sure that, you know, it's just not going to something out of pure, uh, you know, enjoyment. I think the question with that is knowing why you ask that question is because you Amir uh, to some degree are going to feel guilty for making yourself feel good when it comes to spending the money that you made this year, right? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, what do you mean by that? I'm just well. You know, we we've talked about what you may buy if you could buy it, but there's always this sense of like, oh, I don't know. If I did, I'd feel dumb because it could be used to do this, and it could be used to do that, and I could. Yeah, be- yeah, yeah. So it's just because it's not making sense for you. You know, it's not like the best possible use of your money, right? That's why, mm. right? And the way I want to answer that is you have to realize that you are the source of the reason that you are bringing in this money and that you're doing well. So you have to not necessarily give yourself that's just like a stupid impulse purchase. Like don't go out and buy a, like a fully loaded BMW, but, um, <laughs> but that's, like, that like was the only thing on his list, but like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That, that was it. But, but like the one, like, I'll give you an example. I didn't want to go buy something like, uh, super flex flexing or whatever like that. Like just something stupid that was just going to depreciate in three years and I'll just lose thousands of dollars on it. But I did, uh, plan a trip to Europe with my friends over Christmas break. So that was a couple thousand dollars, but that's kind of like my treat. Right. And that was something I know I'm going to enjoy. It's an actual experience. So I think to answer that question was that like, uh, if you're going (laughs) to, course he starts bringing up BMW i8s like just just the disrespect uh but I think to answer that question is it's just like I, I don't I don't think that there's any point in buying something that you know is a bad decision buy something that you know you're going to enjoy that's more of an experience because you should be able to experience the positive benefits of you having done well but if the positive benefits of you having done well is something that's just going to go out and depreciate well then that's I think the question you're really asking is how can the, the question you're really asking is how can I reward myself and not have that reward be dumb? Uh, and, mm. and <laughs> right. Like you need to reward yourself period. Yeah. Like, you know, you do, yeah. uh, but you just want to make sure it's not something that's going to, you're going to regret. So yeah, that's all. That's my, that's my cool.
3: Point. So let me jump in here and then John, I'll let you go last. Um, so I had this phone call with my uncle in Dubai Okay, My uncle, he's the CEO of one of the largest architecture firms. He makes like $900,000 a year. This guy's got it set. And my mom was really worried about me uh, at the end of the summer when she saw I was not spending my money. So just a quick disclaimer. The most expensive purchase I've ever made was my car, which was $1,500. I've actually like don't spend money. I don't. I don't even buy my own clothes. I just give money to my brother and he goes, buys them for me or like whatever my mom buys me. So I'm very, 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 very frugal. But this thing came up in my head the other day where, you know, now I'm I'm being blessed with this business. And my uncle was telling me, you're depriving yourself from things that you want at a young age. Why are you, um, why are you torturing yourself? And my answer was simple. It's because I really want a life that I want. I want to have things like real estate that give me passive income. I want to have financial freedom. And what he said was, mm-hmm. "Yes, you have all your entire life to work for that. You're still in your 20s. You'll be working for the rest of your life." Um, and I'm like, "Yes, but I don't want to be working for the rest of my life." You're totally missing the point here. He's like, "Yes, but you're going to have to make a decision, you know, do you want to just grind hard and then maybe retire at 30 and then be bored?" because you're just making all this money when you, and just be sad or would you want to enjoy the process and maybe slow it down a little but have more fun because you know you only have this one life what's the point of going all through this pain and, and torture so my mom sat me down and even had this conversation. it's weird by the way and and all these red flags were jumping in my head like this doesn't make any sense this is like the middle class mentality so um, but then another part of me, and that's why I'm sparking this debate. Like I'm still on the side of like, okay, I'm not going to actually make any sort of ridiculous purchase, but this little part of my brain said, okay, well, well, the argument for this other side, let me try and remove this bias. You know, let's say I was to buy this car here. Okay. I then spend a huge chunk of the the, thing, the the money that I made over the past two years on something like this. I sat down with one of the guys I looked up to that used to work in an MLM who multi-level marketing place who bought himself a Lamborghini. And I remember sitting down with him and I'm like, if you don't mind me asking man, like how much of your, of the money in the bank did this cost you? And he said it was around half. And then I went, how does this make any sense? Why are you spending half of your income on something like this? He's like, man, my entire life this is all I wanted. And I've been grinding for seven years. And actually after buying the Lamborghini, my energy changed the way I looked at myself changed and I started working three times as hard and actually doubled my yearly income. So it sparked this really interesting thing in my head was, you know, these entrepreneurs, like, is there such a thing as fake it till you make it? So I'm really stuck here. You know, I would very small part of me would ever go through with such a ridiculous purchase, but it still exists. And I want to open it now to John and see what your thoughts on this and I really hope you understood
2: both sides of the argument. Um, but, you know, this yeah. BMW i8 2016 sides, Coupe. To be honest, it sounded like you guys were both on the same side. Oh. Uh,
0: yes. Hold on, hold on. Well, let's, not...
2: let's, let's let John, let's let John. Okay, I want to hear I, this I, through.
0: I, I wouldn't buy a BMW. But, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's open to debate. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think Amber was going to buy it. but. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm with Brad on this one. It's it's a pretty hard question to answer because I think that it like, it would be a pretty long answer to actually like completely do the, do the question justice. But the way I look at it is that what do you need a reward for? Like what, what is the, what is it that you're hoping to achieve with a reward? Because if what you were doing in itself is fulfilling, that is your reward. So for me, if someone says, "Do you need to buy yourself something expensive?" No. Why do I need to buy myself something?
0: I, I'm in complete agreement. If if anything, I would yeah. I would I would buy and I would make sure that I can experience something I have not experienced before, like some sort of trip, experience a different part of the world, which ultimately costs a substantial amount of money. So, like that's treating yourself, right? That's the kind of point I was trying to make.
2: Yeah, yeah. For me, like like a, a reward in itself is what I'm doing. Like the fact that I'm like, that we're all blessed and, and like, like, you know, Brett, Brett's 19. He's, you know, startup entrepreneur. He's grinding it out. Red shoe dog, you know, it's all inspired. Cause he probably, you know, like Brett, I'm sure that, you know, yeah. reading about how uh, the ups and downs of, of Nike over the years. And, you know, as an athlete, you, you're just thinking to yourself, well, Nike's so successful and you've maybe only known them as a success. You didn't know, you know, the maxed out credit cards, you didn't know all that debt, right? So for me, the reward is just being able to be in a position where I can wake up each day and just keep doing what I'm doing. Mm. So I reward myself by just Mm. continuing on. And I know that maybe sounds all like philosophical or whatever, but that's the way I look at it. man. Like I I just really enjoy what I'm doing. Brett, you want to add on that?
1: Yeah, I I do. I've been thinking this whole time, actually, and I I don't want to change my answer, but just to add to it, I think, I think it's kind of cool to look at it as if like, it's like, it's not a reward. Like, it's just something that like, you know, you've always wanted to do and you just do it, you know, like you don't have to reward yourself because you've been working so hard because you've been doing all this. It's just, it's just, it's just kind of where you're at. Um, yeah. but I think if you, but then, but then again, if you were to look at it, um, you know, as a reward, um, I think, you know, I just, I'm just a really practical person. So I think it would just have to be, you know, something practical, uh, you know, like a trip, you know, out, uh, like to Europe with your friends that, you know, it doesn't seem that practical, but, uh, I think you just have to kind of figure out what's really, really important to you at the Mm. end of the day. And, um, and just, and just kind of go into that, you know, for Austin, it is, you know, to go experience something with his friends that he hasn't seen all summer, um, and to just go have fun and to just kind of live it, you know, for me, my biggest thing is uh, is to buy a Sprinter van and to convert it and to live out of it, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is super weird. But but that's but that's my thing. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, How many of yeah, those are out in BC,
0: John?
2: I mean, out here, it's uh, we, we, yeah. <laughs> Sprinter vans are one thing, but a lot of uh, Volkswagen, uh, Volkswagen.
3: Yeah, yeah. But Brett, you yeah. you you brought up something about practical. I am okay depriving myself for the next ten years to not travel outside of Toronto. I actually love Toronto. And then John, you brought up something, what are you ordering so for? It's actually more of a fear. I'm now going to my last year of, of like university, and just to really be open, my entire life, I was never really the cool guy. It was always like, oh, it's just that smart guy or that business guy. I never really associated myself as a cool guy. And now here comes this opportunity where maybe I can be, all of a sudden jump atop of the food chain. A part of me just wants to pull up in front of the library in this car because I know <laughs> all the sorority girls will start DMing me oh, on man. Instagram. Can I be in the passenger hey, seat? Ammer,
2: I'll tell you what. I'm it, telling you
3: right you know, now, that's just what's monster. going on under my mind. And I feel oh, that man. if I don't you know do it Sorry, now, I... I'll regret it for the rest of my life. And it's like, I just don't want to regret it. I'm okay buying this car for a year and then sell it at a $20,000 loss that's what's going through my mind. So I'll, I'll save
2: you the hundred grand, close your eyes, imagine it. And it's not going to be good, as good as that.
0: <laughs> okay. No, but here, Amir, I'm just going to like, that's actually probably a better answer than what I'm going to give. Cause it's true. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's just to understand it more from a psychological perspective. So that what you just described is literally the, 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 goal of my, my thesis of my master's thesis is to try to understand why people make emotional decisions in the marketplace as consumers. Why, Mm -hmm. what does it serve and why do advertisements like the goal is to create a linear, a statistical model for advertisements to be scored based off of what they're, what they're worth emotionally in a certain demographic. But the, what I found out by doing like some preliminary undergraduate research was that there is actually a link between uh, a positive, highly aroused state and, uh, and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I can't, oh, impulsivity. There's a, there's a high, there, there is a, there is a relationship between a highly positively aroused state and impulsivity. Right. That makes sense. Like if you were to, if you were to think about it, if you're in a highly positively aroused state and I'm not talking about sexual arousal, I just well, mean like, I was,
2: that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Okay.
0: But like it, the guy with a it, it applies to sexual go. arousal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it applies like, to that. sexual arousal, but it's not exclusive to sexual arousal. Right. Like if you have somebody that like, like scientifically, Amir, what you're exhibiting right now, when you look at that car is an aroused state because it actually changes the way that you're trying to, <laughs>
2: Well, there's like an it changes the theory. way that you're
0: trying to look at it. Right. Because it's like, it, it it's, it's changing the way that you're actually looking at something based off of what it's worth to you. So that influences your decision-making and that's actually something that's not replicable. Once the, once the positive, is the state is gone. And we also know that positively uh, arousing States, they don't last. Like it would be impossible for this feeling to last. So, trying to answer that question that John just answered from a scientific perspective, physiologically, that feeling will not last and that goal, that reason will not last. Like it, yeah,
2: like, the, like it, there'll be an involuntary response yes, your yes, body will and have be, to yeah. whatever it is. Like when you look at the car, unless you're fueling it, which try and fuel that for very long, there's no way. Yeah. Realistically, 15 seconds later, you, you'll probably like see a squirrel and you'll, you'll kind exactly. of get distracted. Exactly guys so let me t- so i'm getting let me- i'm
1: getting really excited here i just i just want to add in here Amir, right, please, and this please. is really going to help you and it's actually something uh that gary v talks about all the time and he actually uses the same example so that's why i'm smiling right now it's really funny but he talks about how people buy all these you know like uh you know like they want well, <laughs> like the way he says it you know he wants to buy a fat whip or something like that <laughs> and they want to buy like a bmw <laughs> and all that and a, the way that he kind of explains it is, you know, if you were to do that, if you were to get that i eight, if you were to go to that sorority thing, you know, you're trying to impress people that at the end of the day, you don't even care about.
2: Damn, I love that. And the, and oh, it, wait, wait. It's, there's a, it's they, something. Go ahead. It's like, I so do care. Right now. Yeah. It, <laughs> so no, so I'm so excited. Crazy. Go ahead, Brett. Yeah.
1: No, it's something that. um and I'm having a hard time. Contextualizing it, but like, it's literally what Gary V talks about. It's literally like, one of his biggest things is like exactly what uh, you're going through right now. Mm. But I think it just kind of comes down to kind of who you are. But that's but that's something that he talks about, you know, you're just trying to impress somebody that you know, at the end of the day, you don't really care about.
3: Um, yeah. And the I think quote it kind, that of, pops like, in it my kind head. of
1: relates back. Will yeah.
3: Smith said, people buy things they don't need, with money they don't have. To impress people they don't. Yeah. To yeah. impress people they don't
2: like. And Amber, just because you have the money doesn't mean that... that, that, does, that yeah. <laughs> hey, you're
1: <know, laughs> <Will laughs> yeah. you stupid, bro. You're talking yeah. about.
3: So, boys, boys. All right. So, here's what I but, did. So, here's what I did. Oh, yeah, wait, Brad, Sorry. Sorry. Go, go, go.
1: No, it's like I totally understand where you're coming from, you know, because like I've thought about it in my head, you know, just pulling up to like a restaurant in five years in a blacked out Range Rover SVR. And, you know, yeah, people, you know, yeah, like, that's cool. You know, who is this guy? But, um, I, you know, I also kind of feed off showing up to a restaurant in my 2004 accurate EL with 300 and something thousand kilometers that know, it barely fairly starts. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly I don't know it's just you know at the end of the day um, you know I think you just have to really realize who you are and what you want and I think that'll answer you but um, you know if you want to do that with the
2: sorority girls man just rent one for an hour and it'll so, have the same
1: effect Brett you're amazing
2: borrow your buddies if you buy a BMW you know what I'm going to do I'm going to for a plane ticket I'm going to ask to borrow yours and I <laughs> <laughs> alright
3: so here's here's what's, here's what I did okay because this was really, really troubling me. and Oh, I you knew, did something. So you rewarded I something. yourself. You bought it. Yeah, <laughs> no. You guys ready? You guys ready? Right now. So, I just it. so my dream car. My dream car. This is oh, no. exclusive on this do? podcast. All right? Nobody knows about this yet. On Friday, I rent. Next Friday, October 4th, I rented a Lamborghini Huracan <laughs> <hill-athon laughs> <What>? for 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> No, so for the next twenty four hours, I oh, swear. Oh, you're the God, worst! You're the. I'm worst. gonna be driving this baby around town, and I'll yeah, be driving so it for the
0: full twenty four hours. Okay, so after we get off, what, after I we give stop recording. You. You're gonna tell me how much this costs, and I'm (laughs) gonna put my head through the wall. But but you're gonna.
1: You know what, Amir? I I totally, I totally give it to you. As long as you don't post it on your Snapchat saying that you bought it, I'm totally cool. Oh no, no, no! No, no, if you put it that you rented it, I'll give you all the respect
2: in the world. But we're trying to move away from being a. If you don't post anything about it, I'll even respect you more. (laughs) That's
0: even cooler. That's even cooler. (laughs) Yeah, coming from the guy that has zero social media presence, like no footprint that you even no, exist no, online. John, pop up with a dude, I'm gonna post dude, yet, the Studentworks alumni I actually page. Did. I made I did it you
2: splurge. bro <laughs> No, dude, you I watch. actually did splurge. I bought myself a three-year-old minivan. Oh, oh wow. fuck.
3: There you That's go. A 2016, wow. man. There you it, go. It's, you uh, it's a pretty baller minivan. Yeah. Yo, so 2016
0: minivans. don't mess around man. Those so boys, nice.
3: next week I'll let you know the how TVs. it goes, but I wanted to see what would it, like is it actually like Austin says
2: um that it's it 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 won't last.
3: Of course. Yes. Well,
2: hold on. It will last the full 24 hours, but like uh when while you're driving, don't um try and like just at least for one moment which hopefully you can remember this, write this down maybe. Um try and not fuel the emotional like yes. ride that you're on. Try and sit in the emotion and actually like it's called cognitive distancing, but try and actually separate yourself from the emotional um like response your body's having and actually see whether or not like what it actually feels like. Yeah. And what will most likely happen is it won't it, it won't persist. Oh wow. So separate yeah, yourself from the cool, emotion.
1: Um, yeah. There's actually a quote that says like uh that says I'd rather be crying in my Ferrari than smiling in my um in my Corolla or in my Civic. And um I think that that's just total bullshit. That's a um, yeah. what you know, kind I, of quote is that? <laughs> that
0: is no, but it's just
1: quote. you know, but it's just like yeah, I think yeah, I just yeah, I don't, you know, and I don't believe in that. So I think uh, you know, if you're happy in the i8 then that's cool, but if you're happy in your $1500 car then that's even cooler, you well, know. I think that yeah. it just
0: it just really comes down to what you want, man. Man, that's that's very yeah, mm. it's very true. Um, and I think that hopefully, what you get from that, Amir, is that you enjoy it, and that, like you said, it kind of makes you want to work harder, and that you also understand that, like, probably the stupidest purchase you could ever make, but mm. like, not my decision, not my money. But hey, that's uh, <laughs> that's like the worst consulting advice you'll ever get. Yeah. But uh, but no, it's it, it's an important it's an important point to make, like you just said, Brett, is that if you think about it from a happiness perspective uh, the happiness that is derived from arousal uh, that is derived from making that purchase, it's it's not going to last as long as actually just the the basic state of happiness that is achieved from achieving what you want to achieve. And uh, yeah, that's happiness is the end game. Yeah. And from Mm. the sounds of it, man, like it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and uh, I really enjoyed this podcast and I wanted to just leave the floor open to you. Let, uh, let, the people know where they can find you where you want them to find you and uh what you're up to and you know promote yourself yeah exactly Floor's open.
1: yeah uh i wish i wish it wasn't you know 10:30 right now i wish we could go on um yeah. and just talk cuz you know i could do it for hours
0: yeah you got to uh, go yeah you, you got go to, go to bed, you gotta go read. find me on instagram yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i've been staring at my book this whole time um no, uh, you can find me on Instagram um, at Brett Maisneuf, uh, on Facebook as well on Twitter. Uh, I'm not super, super active. I haven't posted in like 10 months, but if you want to talk to me, if you want to ask me a question, I'm, you know, I'm more than happy to take uh, time and answer uh, your question and, you know, just talk to you. Uh, and the one thing that I would say is, um, you know, to anybody out there who's thinking about starting a business, who isn't really sure if they can do it, like just start something, you know, the way I got to play recognition was, on my Christmas break I started to paint my own cleats and I posted a picture of it on Instagram and one thing led to another. And, you know, here I am, uh, you know, two years later with a, you know, um, with, you know, a complete software. Well, it's not complete because software is never really complete, but you know, a business and uh, a business that makes money and a business that is, uh, something that I'm extremely passionate about and love to do. Um, and just, just the world we live in, man, right now, uh, Just to start a business, whether it's a t-shirt business, whether it's a podcast, whether it's like whatever it is, just start something and you'll learn from it every single day and it'll lead to the next thing. Um, And that's something that I tell my brother, I tell my friends, I tell everybody that I try and talk to, Uh, you know, whatever it is you want to do, just start it and, you know, everything. I don't want to say everything will work out, but, um, you know, don't just sit there and appreciate everybody. Uh, and appreciate what others are doing. It's super easy to start a business. I have a Shopify business too that I run. Um, it's just yeah, just just start it. Just whatever you're thinking, start it.
0: That's great, man. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Very true yeah. words. And um, what about where they where they can find you on uh, for player recognition? Yeah, so for
1: player recognition. You can find us uh, at player recognition on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, and also on Twitter. And um, you can also find us at our domain if you want to find out more about. Uh, we do. We have, um, you know, we have our product deck up there. Uh, we have our about page. Uh, we have our contact page. And uh, we also have a podcast. Uh, it's called Under the Lights. Um, it's, it's more for athletes, uh, for young athletes uh, who want to, you know, learn recruiting tips. And uh, we've had on coaches. We've had on people from the CFL. Um, we've had on players. We've had on uh, guys who are in the NCAA, guys who are going to the NCAA. Uh, the first episode is with the recruiting coordinator from Ottawa U. So uh it's a really, really great podcast. Uh not to toot my own horn, but I really, really enjoy it. And uh it's free.
2: You can yeah. find us on
1: Spotify, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Um and it's honestly one of my favorite things uh about player recognition that we do is this podcast. Um so uh you can check us out there. You can find us, you know, wherever you find your podcast. Um yeah, and I, think man, that's it. I, like I think I think I covered everything.
0: Uh, yeah, you're no stranger to the game when it comes to podcasting. Uh, well spoken. It was a pleasure having you on. I imagine we'll have you on again. As a, as a recurring guest. Yeah, please, whenever. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I think that anybody that, you know, we, we market ourselves on this podcast as being a podcast that interviews business owners under 30 to pick their brains. You're under 20, so uh, mm-hmm. hats off to you to making that uh, other threshold uh, possible as well. And I think that anybody, like you said, that's willing to start or looking to start a business, looking to start something, uh, we've all, you know, the three of us on here, we've, you uh, always benefited from holding each other accountable to these goals and to making sure we're sharing our uh, best practices with each other. And that's how we found uh, to, to, you know, we attribute a lot, at least I do attribute a lot of my success to that. And uh, I think that if, like Brett said, uh, if you're into starting something along the lines of what he's done, um, he's a super approachable and I'm sure would also just love to engage with you and, and, and talk to you about any sort of ideas you may have. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Brett thanks so much for uh yeah, joining you, Brett. Us.
3: man yeah, yeah as a sure person guys, who's never met you me. it's been um, a pleasure man all
0: right yeah
1: man for sure the next time I'm in Toronto uh, we'll definitely go for a beer but uh <laughs> I don't have it figured out and there's and there's and there's a lot of work to do but uh yeah guys uh, I really appreciate it I had a lot of fun and I can't wait to be back it's on. too
0: bad it's too bad there's not four seats in that Lamborghini right? mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. all right <laughs> all right see you guys, guys. thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast uh if you could leave us a review on the platform you accessed us through that'd be great uh, and you can reach the three of us at the weekly at gmail.com or through instagram at the weekly for any direct feedback or questions which is highly encouraged we love to engage in some debate and critical thinking with you guys uh and uh that's all for this week see you next week thanks so much